0: Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Cliff Ravenscraft Show, a podcast devoted to helping you take your message, your business, and your life to the next level. This, my friends, is episode number 466, and I am your host, Cliff Ravenscraft, the Podcast Answer Man. And in this week's episode, I am delighted to share with you an interview that I did with Laria Petruzzi. Now, those of you who have been in the podcasting space for a very long time, you might still not recognize that name because Laria is also known as or previously known as Callie Lewis from GeekBrief.tv, then GeekBeat.tv and more recently, Geeks Life and Geeks University. We're gonna talk about her journey of getting into the world of podcasting, being one of the very first video podcasters ever in existence, how she connected with Adam Curry, co-creator of podcasting. But more than anything, what I'm most excited about, and what I hope that you'll also come away from this interview with, are the insights into her entrepreneurial journey. The things that she shared about how she made things happen. She just didn't wait for things to come to her, but she took action. There's lots of insights. In fact, I've actually taken a page and a half of notes as I was editing this show of just little tiny insights. And I think that if you were in such a place right now that you could sit down and listen to this episode and you had a pad of paper and a pen or some kind of way of tracking little insights that might come to you as you're listening to this episode, I think you're going to walk away with this episode with some insights that will help you take your message, your business, and your life, perhaps, to the next level. I'm very thankful to Laria for coming on the show, and when you hear the transparency and authenticity that she brought to the conversation, I think that you'll be very thankful as well. Well, my friends, here's my interview with Laria right now. Gloria, I am so delighted to have you back on the podcast. It's been years.
1: (laughs) It really has. Wow. I'm I'm so glad to be here. Thank you.
0: (laughs) So, you know, I've already done the introduction, told people who you are, but man, a lot has been going on in your own entrepreneurial journey.
1: You can say that again. That, I don't know if there's a word that a lot a lot doesn't quite capture it. There has been a tremendous amount going on.
0: Well, one thing that fascinates me is people's journey in creating mm-hmm. business online. And I want to go all the way back to the beginning and just kind of give people a feel of the ebb and flow of how things have come about. But one thing I want to know is, and this is something that I still don't know today, who were you And what were you doing before you ever heard of podcasting?
1: Um so I a couple of things I uh, back in 9 in the 90s when the internet bubble was a thing uh hey I think we're back there in that that time again. Um
0: Yeah, <laughs> no the doubt. First,
1: <laughs> the first internet bubble. Um you know that was I I was doing web development um for clients here and there and uh after the bubble burst Uh, I kind of was struggling, uh, my, at the, at the time, my husband and I were just like, wow, we don't know what to do. And so, uh, we wound up in self-storage of all things, (laughs) managing a storage facility. Uh, it, it, it was really great because, it started to get me out of my shell. I was a super, super, super shy person. Most people will not believe me when I say that. And, uh, but but it's true. I, I was called a snob as a kid because I wouldn't talk to anybody and it wasn't because I thought I was better than anyone else. I just didn't know how to talk to people. And so that started the process of getting me out of my shell a bit, uh, having to interact with customers on a daily basis. And more importantly, it taught me Business. I was managing somebody else's business, somebody else's money, but it taught me budgets and it taught me that whole process of, of running a business like it was my own. It set the base for a lot of, of what I even use today.
0: That's awesome. So when did you discover podcasting? When was the first time you ever heard the term or even came across your first podcast?
1: 2005 was the year I actually heard um, about podcasting from Adam Curry. He was uh, the, the MTV VJ that everybody knows from the 80s. He had created a podcast network called Podshow, and uh, I heard him talking on NPR. He was doing an interview about this podcasting phenomenon, and uh, that was the first time I'd really heard about it, and I, I fell in love with the idea. He made it sound so interesting, you know, and, and I became aware of this, this world where ABC and NBC and all these big networks didn't have a say in who you could be it wasn't a buffer of having an audience and so the internet kind of really opened up at that at that level in terms of you being in control of your own destiny and and creating your own audience now i had never uh, I'd never been interested in being in front of the camera or behind a microphone. I, like I said, I was shy. I never had any desire to be out there. However, I was geeky. I still am geeky. Um, hence all the geeks names um, <laughs> in my career. So I was interested in how it all works. So how did this technology work? And so I just started to dive in into audio podcasting and then in October of 2005, Apple announced their very first video iPod. Mm -hmm. You remember this? I know you do. But for everybody else, this was before the iPhone existed. This was the pre-iPhone version, you know. (laughs) And so they had announced this video iPod, this mobile device where you could take video on the go. And that was obvious to us. So we were like, wow, that's that's where this is going. So I just kicked into high gear. I'm an all-in or all-out kind of person. So when I decide to do something, I give it like everything I possibly can, sometimes to my detriment. But um, so I uh, I dug in two months later, had a show, a video podcast, and that's when Apple was, annou- was releasing it for public sale.
0: So you was- heard... Adam Curry talk about this thing called podcasting on NPR. Did you have any connection to to Adam Curry? Did you know? I, I mean, other no. than knowing of him from MTV, did you, I were actually you connected didn't, to him?
1: No, I didn't even know who he was. I was like, who's this Adam Curry guy? Okay. And people were like, Adam Curry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I, was born in the 80s. And so that really wasn't my time. Um, so, so I didn't know who he was. I had to be educated on that.
0: <laughs> so you heard him on NPR. He talked about this thing called podcasting. You're a geek. It, it really piqued your interest. And I'm like, oh, wow, I'm going to start. You started dabbling with audio. Then you learned about the video iPod. And like, OK, we're going all in on video because there's not going to be a lot of content for these two things. And people are going to be wanting content. And yeah, yeah so it makes a lot of sense. And this first podcast was geekbrief.tv. How difficult was that for you to launch that first show?
1: Uh, tremendously difficult. That was uh, probably some of the hardest yet at the same time exciting stuff that I've ever done. Um, so the the hard factor didn't play a role. So I was working two jobs. Essentially, I was still doing my my day job. And then anytime I had a lull in, in that business, <laughs> shh, uh, or, uh, you know, all throughout the night, uh, sometimes I was working, you know, overnights just to get this up and running. Keep in mind that this podcasting thing was brand new, and it was all manual. It doesn't like today it doesn't it's all automated so you don't have to know what an rss feed is you don't know how you don't have to know how to code it you don't have to know any of the structure behind it but back then it was all brand new and it was a manual coding process and so i had to luckily i already knew how to code but i had to learn the entire processes i had to learn about video i didn't know anything about video. I didn't go to school for video production. So I had to budget for a $250 camera at that time mm-hmm. that used tape, by the way, still. Um, <laughs> uh, I still, I, I just got rid of a box of tapes from that camera. I'm like, Oh wait, what am I going to ever do with this box? Anyway. Uh, and then you know, I had to learn about lighting. I had to learn about editing. I had to learn how to be on camera. That was probably the most difficult part of the process is getting in front of the camera. The only reason I got in front of the camera is because I saw this as an opportunity to change my life and my career and have something that, i could actually possibly turn into a business i wasn't sure if it would work but the opportunity was there and this was going to be something big and i needed something other than self-storage to create passion and have creativity in my work so i was hoping that this could turn into a business i had no idea it would turn into what it did but You know, that is the only reason I stepped away from, you know, having no desire to be in front of the camera to doing it and just embracing what I had to get done. I remember the first episode I called my mom afterwards and I was in tears like I sucked so bad. Now, if I if I step outside of myself, I look and, you know, two thousand people watched that very first episode right off the bat. People still watch it today and they say it's awesome. You know, it's, it's awkward because it was my first episode, but it's not nearly as bad as I thought it was. But I, I called my mom in tears. I was like, I can't do this. I'm just so terrible at this.
0: <laughs> One of the things that I know about GeekBrief.tv is you started out and you went by the name Callie Lewis. Why did you do that?
1: Okay. So I'm just going to get a lot, lot personal here <laughs> and probably TMI, but just so everybody fully understands what was happening. So I was in a very controlling relationship and turns out that that was a pattern in my life until a couple of years ago. And I just accepted what people told me. I accepted what people told me I had to do and who I had to be And that wasn't any good, but I didn't realize it at the time since it existed from my childhood. So I was told at that time that, you know, my name, it was too hard to pronounce. People wouldn't really accept me for who I was and uh, not for who I was, but the the name, first of all, had to go. We needed to create a character of Callie Lewis, uh, somebody, you know, who was this kind of perfect creation (laughs) and so it it was it's really it's kind of hard to describe unless you've kind of seen the the flow but Callie was not fully a character it was me however it was a an edited version I guess is how you could say that it wasn't fully authentic I was constantly told well don't 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 be this or don't do that. Or, you know, we need to craft this character so that it's a perfect being that people want to follow. So it was me, but it was not me. You know, it was kind of of a complicated situation.
0: You're no longer Kelly Lewis today. We'll come back to that. At least we know now why you chose that. Uh, How long into the video podcasting journey was it before you got connected with Podshow and Adam Curry?
1: It was very quick because I was one of the first, uh, because there was nothing else to watch on the video iPods. There were very few of us doing anything like it. I definitely had first movers advantage. So, uh, you know, within a couple of weeks, we had a couple thousand people watching, which at that time was like, whoa, that's incredible. That's insane. Um, And then you know, that the snowball kept going. And very shortly, we, our host actually uh, canceled um, our account, our video host, because at, at that time, hosting was an iffy thing. So hosts weren't prepared for the video revolution. Yep. <laughs> And um, they canceled all kinds of people's accounts because they went over their video limit. And so I reached out to Adam. Um, I had been paying attention to him for ever since I heard him on NPR. And he was doing a podcast and he was talking about Podshow, this network that they were trying to create. And it was in the beginning stages. They did have some some people signed to the network uh, like Don and Drew. And they were early podcasters. They're still doing it today. Yep. And they were audio. I reached out to him. He wasn't really prepared yet to launch the v- video section of their network. But, uh, you know, I described the situation. I was like, hey, we're going down. <laughs> I need some help. I wanted to really turn this into something. And and then we, we got together and we created a partnership.
0: Awesome. So that's how you got connected with Adam. You actually yeah. reached out to him. I think that's incredibly cool. That's something I didn't know as well, even from our previous time. So, you know,
1: I, I I will just step in here with a bit of advice. Like that's the things that have helped my career move forward is because I took that kind of action. Right. Um, I, when I started working with Leo Laporte, which we can touch base on later, but like that took my career to a whole nother level. And I reached out to him. I didn't wait for people to, uh, to come to me. And so that, that's been a very, um, very important part of the way I've approached this business over the years is just when I want something, I'm going to go find a way to accomplish that.
0: I love that. And that's an important thing for people to hear. And and it's a it's it's definitely something people should be writing down notes about that and <laughs> make things happen don't don't wait for a thing people to contact you you contact them I love that Let, let's talk about Leo Laporte for just a moment because we're this is still back in the geek beat geek brief Geek-proof. days <laughs> yeah. so so when did you reach out to Leo Laporte and how did you reach out to him and what did you what did you ask and what was the expectation when you reached out to him
1: so, um, okay. So just to back up for a second. So five months later, after I reached out to Adam, after I started the show, uh, he was able to you know, get us to quit the day, quit our day job. And so that was our full-time job. Five months later,
0: five months in, you're able to quit the self-storage place and do correct. the, do geek breathe full-time. Correct. All right.
1: Um, so that was pretty incredible. Where, um, where did the there, money,
0: where did the money come from?
1: Advertising. So, so the, the contract that we had with, uh, with pod show was they would get advertisements for us and we had a base, you know, a base level of, uh, of salary essentially, you know, so we, we, we knew that we were going to be able to live, uh, regardless of what happened with the advertisements, but they were able to fill ads for the show.
0: Excellent.
1: And that was a four-year contract, by the way setting it up for a conversation later. Um, right. <laughs> so uh, the as, as we moved in to 2006, um, a, uh, about half a year later, so like at the seven-month mark of me doing this, and, and again, I had no idea what I'm supposed to do here. Like this was the Wild West and I was just figuring it out every day as I went. I had always known about Leo Laporte. Uh, followed him on tech TV. He was kind of uh, just he's, he's a huge name in, in the tech space. Uh, he had a cable TV show, um, back in the nineties here in the States. And so he was doing a podcast as well, twit TV, which you just mentioned. And so, um, I wanted to get his attention. I didn't really have any purpose for that. Okay. (laughs) To be honest, like I just wanted his attention. I just want to be like, Hey, I'm here just so you know. <laughs> um, and so what I did was I called a radio, sh- his radio show. He, in addition to the podcast, he had a radio show that he then released as a podcast at a later date as well. This was the most nerve wracking thing for me. Everything that I've done that I've stepped out of my comfort zone is just like, I didn't want to do it, Yeah, but Again, I just did it because I had to, because I needed to make that next step. And so I didn't want to call, but I called in, I've never called in a live radio show before. Um, So I called in, I had a a legitimate tech question, so I wasn't quite sure of how to fix it. It had to do with the, my podcast, something was going wrong. I don't even remember what it was. And so I called in the radio show and I said, hey, this is Callie Lewis. Um, or I had told the producer Callie Lewis and he picked up on it. Okay. So he actually knew who I was. Yep. And again, the same thing with Adam Curry. He knew of, of what I was doing, but they didn't reach out to me. I had to reach out to them yep. uh, in order to make something happen. So, you know, he he was like, he got on the air, or I got on the air. He was like, wait, is this Callie Lewis from Geek Brief? I was like, score. Yes. <laughs> um, and so that was like a wow moment for me. And so we had the conversation and, and then uh, shortly after, I think it was pretty immediate after we hung up and I thought, well, that was really cool. That was like super successful. Right. And, um, after that, he, he actually, uh, approached me and he was like, Hey, Amber Mack, who is, uh, now one of my best friends. Um, she, uh, is stop, uh, she's stopping the co-hosting of a show that they were doing together. Would you like to fill her shoes for the next few
0: months? Wow. And I'm
1: like, whoa. Okay. So this was actually on TV and this was in Canada and Australia. Oh yeah, Call for Help Canada. Sure. Exactly. And so Amber was stepping out. Um, she had uh, some other opportunities to take advantage of. And so he asked me to fill her her role for three months. And again, super scary. I'd never done anything on TV at this point. This stuff was live to tape. And I had always edited everything. So that alone was like tremendously nerve wracking because you, if you mess up, then you mess up. Right. Yeah. You know, I did that. I just, I just say yes to things and then figure out how to accomplish them. Yep. (laughs) And, uh, another note that people people should be
0: writing down right now.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's. That's probably some of the best stuff that I that it, that fits my personality uh, is is just I just attack things and I don't really think about the consequences of yeah. it until after.
0: <laughs> it, it's so funny. Recently, I've been doing a lot of coaching and consulting outside of the area of podcasting, and it's a little mm-hmm. bit you know nerve wracking because like I, you know what if I don't have the answers or whatever yeah. this and that and I'm like and and I I hold off and I don't do it for a long time and then finally I'm like I just announced to my mailing list hey guys I am opening 20 spots one hour calls. No longer, no long commitment, but just this is one-time deal, just to get myself started in in the mentoring space. And then I book all of these calls, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, what do I gonna do?" And I'm like, "Well, I've got to. I know what I got to do. I need to start the call." <laughs> and, then, and it's been incredible. It's been incredible. Yes. Every single call has been just absolutely incredible. You just know what to do when you are in the spot but if you keep thinking well i just don't know i have to figure this out i have to get the right education i have to do this no i'm not
1: an expert yet so i can't qualify yeah that all of that is just is super detrimental to our success
0: yeah make the make the decision schedule it and just do it
1: i don't know how to tell people to like I feel like I have beta blockers in my own head. Like I am just able to so switch that gear off and say, just, I'm just going to do it. I, I don't know what's coming, but just get it done. And if you can, if you can find that switch in your head, you know, and it's, it's not a literal switch, obviously, but you know, something that just says, forget about what's, what all my fears are, and then just go after it. Like that's the only way to accomplish this stuff.
0: You get in there with Leo and you do this call for help Canada stuff and Now, it's that relationship with Leo that you and I are, it's because of that, that you and I are talking because that probably is what led to you occasionally coming on to This Week in Tech and MacBreak Weekly and some other shows that he's done. And even in the early days, Leo was talking about you all the time, even when you weren't on the network he was talking about. you, And that's what, of course, got me connected with you and also Adam Curry because I was listening to Adam as well. So it it just all worked out. Yeah, I love it. (laughs) That's how you got connected with Leo, and I'm sure everybody can just understand that these people who had been spending years, even prior to podcasting, building massive audiences, so they already had great influence in their communities, uh, just by association, just being associated with these people in in, in proximity, it just elevates you to a whole level of credibility that you couldn't have imagined how to orchestrate that. It just happened and fell in your lap in a way.
1: Absolutely. I love yeah. that. Although it didn't fall in my lap again. Well, no, you, know, you made with, it happen with the attacking, but yeah. yeah, you make you make this stuff happen, but yes. it does feel like it felt falls in your lap even after the fact because when you when you approach life and your career like that, then you know things just happen and you get to be associated with these names that you uh don't otherwise that you wouldn't otherwise uh get to. And so yeah, it's it's a combination of kind of falling in your lap and and making it happen yes so
0: it's- you're, you're absolutely right as a matter of fact I, and i'm glad you brought that up because i'll never forget the first time i went to petaloma to go meet leo face to face it was this year i had the the year of even bigger dreams and i set big goals and one of the goals was to meet leo and 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 i had achieved all the other goals on my list and i i tweeted oh my gosh i just realized sitting here watching this week in tech being recorded live in a studio artist I have now achieved every goal I've ever set for myself. I guess I need to set some bigger goals. And and the first comment was, you're so lucky. And then I'm like, no, I'm not lucky. I didn't just happen to wake up one morning and I'm in Petaluma, I I drove here.
1: This is not lucky. I made
0: this happen. I love that. It but it does stuff.
1: feel lucky. It feels, it you does. know, kinda of you're on the top of the world when this stuff happens. Yeah,
0: it's awesome. All right. So, what were what were some of your favorite memories, or what's what's some of your favorite things about the early days of pod show and Geek Brief?
1: The early days were just a magical time. I had no idea what I was doing. I had zero experience i was figuring out like i said every day just figuring out something new working my off hopefully i can say that here um (laughs) and just attacking it and trying things constantly um people love our loved our ads our advertisements and that's a weird thing to say right like people love my ads that's because I was trying different things. I was trying to see what worked and what didn't. And, um, I just have this long history of breaking stuff in order to figure out what's good, what's bad, and, um, then move forward from there. And, you know, for, for example, we had a GoDaddy ad and I literally like did it on green screen, uh, talked to myself. So there were two, two of me kind of talking to each other, you know, and so we we were just playing. And that's that was the environment. um, And I think all podcasting at that time, it was the Wild West. And it was such a small community. We all knew each other. We all kind of uh, helped each other out. I think you know, I definitely look back on that time as, as a wonderful time um, because it was a small community and we were supportive of each other. There wasn't any competition yeah, um, and it was just a magical time.
0: If there's anything that I miss, it it is the fact that when there was only a few hundred of us out there and we yeah. all knew each other and yeah, it was it, those were incredible days. But, you know, the cool thing is, is though most of us are still around. And we mm-hmm. still all have this relationship, which is incredible. And we're still out there looking for ways to help each other. And we're still not. I mean, now, obviously, other people have come on board and, and you know, they, they see competition and it's like they're trying to dominate or whatever. Yeah. And it, it, but I, 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 at least for me, and tell me if this is the same for you. A lot of those people that we were connected with then, that that community feeling of us, how can we help each other? I think among us, I still see that.
1: Oh, absolutely. I just reconnected with Natalie, well, not reconnected, we've been in touch, but like Natalie Del Conte, yep. now Natalie Morris, Amber Mac, I still talk to. Uh I reach out to, you know, the early day podcasters a lot not a lot, maybe not as much as I probably should, but I I agree with that. Like we all have this bond and, uh, that has stuck through to today, even though we're all kind of off doing our own things, um, from time to time we reconnect and do something together. And that's, that's awesome. And, and I think, I think we could still create that, you know, even in this, this mass podcasting world that, that exists today.
0: So I'm following your journey and I'm tuned in to Geek Brief. And next thing I know, there's like, well, this wraps things up. If you want to continue and I'm following your social media channels and it's like if you want to continue to get shows on a consistent basis, you've got to check out geekbeat.tv. So tell me what, what happened there. What's the transition there?
1: So it was really interesting. A couple of things ended right at the same time um, and caused me to have to rebrand. So my four-year contract with Podshow, then called via Mevo, Mivo, Mivo
0: Mivio. Mivio.
1: Sorry, I've got the the, the Mevo camera now. Oh, it yes. up. <laughs> so uh, that four-year contract was coming to an end, and on that side. The terms weren't something four years later that I felt comfortable with. Re-negoti- with we couldn't come to a renegotiation um, in terms of what I wanted at that time. Now, at the time, at that time, that four-year contract ended, I felt taken advantage of. And I was pretty angry at, 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 at Adam and and, and Ron, um, who owned Mevio, me but... looking back now, I realize you know, I signed a contract that got me to where I am. I, I did what I had to do. It wasn't, it wasn't a bad contract. They weren't really taking advantage of me. It was a contract for a naive, inexperienced person that set me up for four years so you know like at the time i was pretty angry about it because and then we couldn't come to a renegotiation and yes but but you're in different a different time period in your life and you have more experience so looking back now i feel like yes i should have signed that contract that was a good contract to sign because i'm here i am here now because of it right so the second thing that happened was i was getting a divorce and that happened right at the same time as the contract negotiation. And some, some really bad stuff happened and I had no choice but to get a divorce. And so, while all of that was going on, I had, uh, about six months earlier, had met um, a, a guy who became my partner for Geek Beat, and he seemed, you know, really uh, capable and really knowledgeable in the, the world of business. He was a millionaire, and um, it was he, he, he said he wanted to help, you know, get uh, the show back up and running and move forward. So we partnered up. And we started Geek Beat. So that was pretty much the same show. <laughs> right. Just, just a different name and different place. And so, yeah, we kicked that off pretty much the same day that we, yeah, it was the same day that we announced that Geek Grief was over. Uh, I announced that Geek Beat started.
0: Did that actually get purchased or connect with Revision 3 at some point?
1: Didn't get purchased, got licensed by Revision 3. Okay.
0: How did that work? What, what was the deal there? What kind of agreement did you did you reach to to work that out and how did that come about?
1: um pretty similar to to the first contract they like as opposed to owning so me- Mevo pacho owned part of geek brief okay. um so that that was the part that kind of unsettled me after a while because it was my baby and i was putting all the work into it right? right but then um geek brief was licensed to revision 3 so they didn't own the content or they didn't own the name but they licensed it so that they could sell ads against it
0: Gotcha. And then you just split revenue on the ads that they broadcasted on that. Gotcha. Yeah.
1: That became discovery after a while.
0: Gotcha. So that went on for a while. And then out of nowhere, it's like, hey, we're building the geek house in, in Dallas, Texas, I think, right? right so so what is geek what is the geek house and, and boy do i remember some very excited people giving us lots of walkthroughs it's like check out this place and look at this studio look i loved it it was great i'm like i was i'm jealous i want one of these but but i'm thinking you're going to tell me maybe you know where that jealousy might be misplaced so i'd love yes. to hear a little bit of the story about the the rise and fall of the geek house
1: <laughs> And it rose and fell pretty quickly, (laughs) fell pretty quickly. So uh, the geek house was an 8000 square foot studio and office space. My partner felt that we needed to step it up a notch, or 10 or 20. (laughs) Um, Literally, we we had a uh, had a, I think it was like 1400 square foot studio office space before. And yeah, you know, there were frustrations with it. And then he, he wanted to put a lot of money and effort into kind of making us seem bigger than we were. I, this is, this is my 2020 vision speaking. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, the, uh, the effort with the geek house was to become bigger and badder, uh, than everybody else. And, uh, show the world that we were freaking awesome.
0: Yeah. Um, and by the way, it worked. It oh, we, yeah. we all felt it. It's like, they're freaking awesome.
1: <laughs> Again, he was a millionaire. So yeah. um, he put, he put his own head. He, he put his own kind of, uh, you know, backing on that. Yeah. And literally, like the to just one hundred percent transparency, we were not making anywhere near the amount of money that it would have required to buy that building and to make that a part of our. Uh, business model. But that we, I, I wasn't really allowed to talk about that at all. Um, and uh, we basically were shifting, you know, the expectation. Um, and so, you know, money, money literally was going downwards, the audience was going downwards because I think everybody was experiencing this uh, during that time period as well. Numbers were going down for everybody, but uh, so numbers were going down, money wasn't coming in quite as much as it it had been. I was doing a lot of uh, exterior work for Panasonic and for um, uh, Samsung and for all these different names as a host. So is basically they would hire me to, to go do their videos. That was really what we were relying on for income, and that that whole show lasted five years. Two of those years, I didn't take an income at all, personally. And I'm not personally,
0: wow. Because
1: the business was in that bad of shape. How did
0: you get by? I mean, just personally.
1: I am say I'm saver. so I just when I was making income, and I never made that much. I just always saved it. I I'm not. I don't like things I, and I'm, I'm more of a giver. Like, so I just don't need a lot. And so the only thing I've ever really spent money on is my paddleboard, my stand standup paddleboard, you know? And so wow. that's uh, that's just not who I am. I, don't, I just don't spend a lot. So luckily I, I had savings. And so, yeah, we weren't like, I wasn't taking that money, that income, and it was really starting to drain me um, it, from just a standpoint of like, of a, a mental standpoint. Like I'm, I'm going through all the money I have. I, ha- I don't see a future where I can turn this around. Um, the business is bleeding tremendous amounts I like the word tremendous. Apparently, yeah, um,
0: <laughs> that's fine. I I have my own I have my own repeating <laughs> phrases, and and when I when I kill one, I pick up at least two yeah, more. So
1: exactly, and so it was just a really bad time. As as awesome as it looked from the outside, it was a really bad time. And again, and and from an, a a personal standpoint, TMI information. I was also growing up. I had started the show in my early twenties. Geek brief got away from a bad marriage, realized around this time that the Geek House was happening because I became very aware of how other people perceived me just growing up process. I became aware that I was right back into another controlling situation, only this time it was a partnership, a business partnership. And, you know, I, I just kept realizing more and more how much I was just still... In this situation that I had lived my entire life and and I wanted to get rid of it and realize that I needed to make some changes. If I was going to be happy, I was going through a really super like during all the geek house stuff. I was super depressed. I was miserable. I was going home. I was alone. I didn't have friends I didn't have uh you know a partner. I um I was just crying myself to sleep a lot um, most nights and I was just unhappy. And then I met a friend um who is now my boyfriend, but um for a long time it was it was just a pure friendship and and he treated me okay. He didn't try and change me and he he uh approached me from just accept an acceptance level of who I am. And he didn't tell me who to be or what to say all the time. And he just, by being my friend, he encouraged me to step out into being okay, being who I was. And um, then as, you know, as I kept growing, just, just personally, I realized stuff has to change. I cannot, I cannot continue this.
0: And I do recall the announcement that it was the end of Geek Beat. I'd love to talk more about what's going on today. You transitioned. The The first thing that I noticed is that it's like, hey, I am ending Geek Beat. I'm getting ready to leave here again. I'm getting most of this through your social media channels now. And uh, I'm getting ready to launch, I think Geeks University or Geeks like Geeks life. Geeks Life. Oh, and
1: yeah, and then Geeks University as well.
0: Yeah, so Geeks life and, and it's gonna be my network and we're gonna and it's gonna be all it's not just technology, it's gonna be anything and everything geek. And so I'm, I'm starting to get excited. But the biggest thing was, all of a sudden it's like, and by the way, I am. I'm dropping Callie Lewis. I'm going with <laughs> Laria Petrucci. Wow. T- tell us a little bit about uh, you. So you've you had to draw a line in the sand. I, you had to leave that partnership. And and tell me what did you move to and and how has that been?
1: So uh, it's been hard. <laughs> I gotta say, um, but wonderful all at the same time. I needed. I I've spent the last you know I spent the a year probably after that transition just figuring out who I am and, and what I wanted out of my career and life and, and all of that. And it's hard to do that publicly. Let's face it. Like that is a very difficult transition to make while people are watching and judging <laughs> what you've experienced. Yep. <laughs> so um, it, it's and that part has been tremendously hard because it's just like, It's like every step I make, I'm being judged for that. And I have, I had to learn how to say, you know what, this is, this is my instinct and I'm going to trust this instinct and and that I never have been able to accomplish in my entire life. And so I finally have learned for the most part, how to uh, trust those instincts and just move forward with what I feel is, is right. And I've made all kinds of mistakes along the way. Uh, you know, we did launch Geek's Life with more of a, a lifestyle uh, approach and I wanted to explore movies and I wanted to explore food and I wanted to have all of these different things passions of mine, I have since realized that you have to focus in business and in content. And um, so I've taken that back to technology, but more of a lifestyle approach to technology. I like that. Um, yeah. And it's it's working out extremely well now that I've finally figured it out. It, it kind of went through several variations. Um, and thank God my audience loves me because- yep. <laughs> they stuck with me through it all <laughs> so um yeah that's that's why you create a loyal fan not fan base but viewership or listener base um you got to create that loyalty and that friendship with them so that they stick around when things go down the drain yep and so yeah with the name with my name I I, I just I was I realized that the cali brand, That's what one of the things that was holding me back and that was causing me so much pain and so much struggle and why I was so miserable because I was trying to be this perfect person that was crafted. Even my bloopers, even though I showed a real human side to myself, those bloopers were crafted, you know, they were picked and chosen for the the beauty in them. Right. And, and so everything about my life, like I wouldn't have a, a a drink of wine out in public in case somebody captured a photo of me, because that's not who Callie was. I couldn't curse. And even though I do sometimes, and you know, it's not, it's just, it was driving me insane (laughs) because I wasn't able to be fully authentic me. So that's why I got rid of Callie and I said, you know what, I'm just going to go by my real name. I just need to let go of everything in my past. I need to move on. I need to get rid of this controlling relationship pattern that I'd had in in my entire life. And I just needed to break free. And that was the only way I could see to do that.
0: I can imagine that must have. I mean, while it made a logic, you gave a lot of reasons why you felt like it was holding you back and it made it, it's like it, it almost sounds like it's an easy decision to just say, you know ah! what, forget that. <laughs> but how many years of branding did you have behind Ka- Callie Lewis? Ten years. So so you you figure everybody who's ever heard you for 10 years in any media outlet anywhere has only known you. Well, most of them only knew you as Callie Lewis. I mean, obviously, you've told people, you know, Callie's not my real name in a lot of different venues and areas. But so some of us knew. But yeah, that's that had to be a very difficult decision at the same time where it was a very cathartic decision.
1: Right. Totally. You hit it. You hit it on the the head. It was just, it it was something that I fretted over constantly. Um, And I thought, well, maybe I'll spend like a three to five year process of getting rid of my name. Now that I look back at that, I'm like, I don't know how I was going to try and accomplish that. Uh, I called my agent in Hollywood. I was like, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. Uh, What do you think? And he he, he, uh, surprise, surprise. He was supportive of the decision. I wasn't really expecting that. I was expecting every reason why I need to keep my brand, because that's what everybody else was telling me. And um, uh, he was like, you know what? Celebrities change their name all the time. It's fine. You just got to rebrand. I was like, "Oh, okay." And then <laughs> and then I used it in one behind the scenes video. I was like, "Hey, I'm Larry Petrucci" because it was a heart to heart with my community and I felt like I just needed to come from me. Yeah. Um and immediately the reaction was like, "Oh my god, you're using your real name. I love it. This yes. is awesome. Fantastic." And I was like, "Wait, what?" like that wasn't even my transition that wasn't my plan and uh they accepted it and they were all excited about it so i said let's just do it and that, then from that moment on
0: i love that. that that's there are two things we'll come back to the agent thing because that was like that came out of nowhere but um, oh. <laughs> but 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 the other thing is is the authenticity of of you know people people all these years i can tell you there there might have been people telling you that people want a, a callie lewis but I can tell you right now, I can I can speak on behalf of your overall community. I don't think any of them would get mad at me, although many things they probably get mad at me about. But this one, we all always, it, it wasn't Callie Lewis. It was Loria that we were connected to the whole time.
1: Right. It, it really heard... was.
0: And it's who we wanted. We wanted the authentic you.
1: Yeah. And I, I appreciate you saying that. And I've heard that a lot from everybody. And um, there are very few people who are like, well, I really like Kelly better. <laughs> oh wow!
0: Yeah. Hey, we, you know, when you're in this space long enough, you you earn your dedicated online haters. I mean, it's oh
1: yeah, <laughs> but you know, to them, I've learned how to say, well, then this show isn't for you anymore, yeah. and be totally 100% okay with that. Yes. Like, I through building my own business because now I don't have a partner. I have a partner. I have partners because I, I view my team as partners and, and my uh, boyfriend who now who works with me now, like we're all partners in this, but in terms of the, the, the absolute, like, this is all in my name, and this is my control. Oh, God, oh my God. Um, <laughs> I've had those moments like, I don't want it. I don't want the control. Um, But it is. And um, I am ultimately responsible for all the decisions that are made here. And through through that process, because now I don't have a partner saying, you know, we have to do this, or this is where I'm putting my money, so follow along. Um, Then, you know, I, I've learned that one you have to to focus like that's been tremendously valuable for me you know the the focus 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 scenario and then also that i don't want everybody watching me i had a video go viral last year and i honestly really wish it wouldn't have <laughs> like cuz the the people you draw who yeah. aren't your community who aren't really for you just attack, constant attacks. Like I'm dealing with this every day now. And it was a year ago that it, that it went crazy. And I still deal with attacks on a daily basis, just from that one video where my community doesn't do that. Right. So I've learned that it's totally okay to not reach everybody. And I have my own personality. And if you love me for that, then awesome. If you don't, then go find somebody who do, because there are 135,000 podcasters out there. Go find somebody you like.
0: That's right. (laughs) I can't tell you how much I appreciate your authenticity, your transparency, sharing so much of this. I know that so many people are going to be encouraged and inspired because they think. First of all, there are going to be people who think, "I never knew," you know. Yeah. Every, she's been perfect. I can't. I've always wanted to be exactly. It's like yeah. I am
1: so screwed up, just like everybody else. We're
0: we're all screwed up, aren't we? Seriously, yes, we're yeah. all so screwed up. <laughs> so anyway, I, I appreciate you sharing all of that, and and you know we could go on and on about so many other things. But yeah. really, to end things here, um, to wrap things up, I want to make sure I give you the opportunity to share what you're most excited about today. And if anybody wants to continue to follow your entrepreneurial journey and to learn from you, especially with uh, live streaming and things like that, I want to give you the opportunity to share that and plug it and be as self-promotional as you want.
1: Okay. Well, absolutely. I want to be self-promotional. But before I get to that, I just want to one other lesson that I've really learned and I think people need to hear is certain people need to hear is that branding really doesn't matter all that much. It is about you and your uh your personality the brands that i've gone through i've gone through four different brands and it truly as scary as all of that transition was it doesn't ultimately matter. Yes, there are ups and downs through a transition of branding and shifting and pivoting, but it really ultimately is okay to go through that. And I know that that's something that I have been scared every single time of, and it just makes me stay up at night. And I want to encourage you, if you're dealing with something similar and having to make a pivot, then it's okay and sometimes in business it's absolutely necessary. So go for it when you feel that that's right. I love that. Okay. So now I'll get to the, the pitchy <laughs> now, but, um, now with geeks university, so geeks life is our consumer brand. Um, that's our tech and tech lifestyle kind of brand where we just geek out all the time and have, have a blast. Um, that's geeks geeks university is the, is, is a, a big passion of mine. It's been something that I've built from scratch, which is exciting because it's not my same old, same old personality. It's something brand new. And this is, uh, been uh, over the last year, Geeks University is where we teach businesses, entrepreneurs, how to grow their brands using video and live streaming. And, um, really our focus these days is live streaming because that's where it's at. And and I've been doing live streaming since 2007. Um, if people don't even realize it's been around that long, (laughs) but, um, you know, on a mobile device, uh, like you can do with Facebook Live. uh, And so that's been uh, just my big passion lately is growing that business. And I can't tell you how awesome it is to help other people learn how to do what I've been doing for the last 11 years. This is just an amazing like, yeah, I help people geek out about stuff. But on the business side of things, I help people actually make a difference in their business. And that is just amazing to me that, that, that can exist. So, uh, we've been helping Orange County choppers and even GoDaddy and we do streaming for AT and T and, but, but even, even with all those big names, it's, which is awesome. I love, you know, helping the, the small entrepreneurs, um, make a big difference in, in their business. So, uh, if you want to learn about live streaming, then, uh, we have a free video series at geeksuniversity.com livestream. slash live stream.
0: There you go. GeeksUniversity.com slash live stream. I encourage everyone listening to this to take their message, their business and their life to the next level by jumping in there and and, and playing around with the idea of live streaming. It's huge on Facebook right now. And Loria is a pioneer in that space. And We're live
1: two hours every single day. (laughs)
0: Yeah, it's incredible. (laughs) Loria. again, thank you so much. It's been an honor to call you friend all of these years. And and this this hour of conversation has been incredible. And so thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Cliff. It's an honor for me and you're doing amazing work. So thank you.
0: Well, there you go, my friends. That is my interview that I had with Loria Petruzzi. And I am so delighted that I got to know a lot more about her background, her story, and it's always fun to hear how people are processing their own entrepreneurial journey, and I know that I've taken a page and a half of notes just of little insights here and there, and I am certain that each of you who have been listening have found your own insights that are going to help you take your message, your business, and your life to the next level. Before I wrap things up, I do want to let you know that my next session of Podcasting A to Z is coming up on Monday, October 3rd. This will be my 27th session of Podcasting A to Z. And so far, over 580 folks have already gone through Podcasting A to Z, where they had direct access to me, where they could ask me any question they want. And during a four-week period of time, I answered every single one of their questions as their personal coach, walking them through every step in the process of successfully launching their podcast, and if you've been following me on Facebook, you consistently see me announcing the launch of people's shows, and it's always an exciting thing to see people put their message online. If you've been thinking about creating a podcast, I would love to have this honor to be your personal coach. This is the final session of 2016, so if you are looking to launch a podcast and you want to kick 2017 off right for your business or your personal passion, whatever the case may be, if you want to launch a podcast, I would love to work with you. Head over to podcastinga2z.com to, to learn about all the details. If you have any questions, you can, of course, email me, cliff at com. I look forward to the possibility of working with you. Well, my friends, that wraps it up for this week. Thank you again. Again, be sure to reach out to Loria, Tell her that you heard about her on the show, or at least if you already know her, that you heard her on the show and that you enjoyed her being here. And of course, also be sure to check out geeksuniversity.com slash live And until next time, my friends, I encourage you to take everything you do in life to the next level.